This is from Maine with Love, an Allagash Brewing podcast where we talk about beer, our community here in Maine, and things that generally make us happy. So to celebrate Earth Month here at the brewery, we wanted to talk about sustainability, or rather how we're constantly working to be more sustainable. And so we're going to talk about that with a few members of our green team here at Allagash. And today, I am very lucky to be joined by Zoe Malia, our sustainability coordinator, and Tom Halstead, our merchandise inventory manager. I'm Brett. I work on the marketing team here at Allagash. I want to ask Zoe, you have an open weekend in Maine. Where are you heading? Oh, that is a really hard question to answer honestly i think i have two spots that come to my mind can i have two Mm. is that all right yes you can have two (laughs) all right um so first spot i think is camden rockland area i went there Mm. for my birthday last year it was absolutely gorgeous good food good drink beautiful um yeah yeah absolutely i did get that (laughs) and uh second spot that came to my mind was cutler coast area um Mm. Quite a ways away, but I did get to do some hiking up there. Um, I actually stayed on a kelp farm, a kelp and blueberry farm when I was up there. Ooh. And it was absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, I think those are my my weekend getaway. That's amazing. Cutler, what, like how far up is that? I don't even know if I've heard of that. Uh, I think it's maybe, it's like a four and a half, five hour drive, I believe. So wow. it's a ways, a ways away. But that is up there. Yeah, you got to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tom. Different question for you. Uh, who is the best actor to play King Lear in Shakespeare's King Lear? Uh, actually, when I was in high school, we did King Lear, and I was King really? Lear. No, I'm just kidding. 100% <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Ian McKellen. No, that's not the question. I was just trying to think of something really random. No, actually, I do I do have a semi-media-related like media related question, and I, think you'd, I thought you'd have an interesting answer. So what is the best movie to see at a drive-in theater? That Ooh. is a really hard question. I think you have to go with a scary movie because mm. uh, it's, you know, it's that eerie feeling. It's nighttime. But you also could go with kind of like a funny, scary movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think any type of like scariest movie or funny, scary movie. Um, if you're if you're on a date situation, if you're with mm. the family, it's got to be straight up Disney Pixar kind of comedy. Yeah, it's a great call. I was thinking like Ghostbusters for some reason. I feel like that could... That's kind of that funny, scary, not too scary. That could be. Yeah, funny, oh. scary. I dig it. There's a giant marshmallow man. That's pretty scary. Yeah, that's true. It's cute and scary somehow. <laughs> um, so actually, Tom, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the question that I was going to give you. What, what's your What's your uh, stop in Maine on the weekend? What would you like to go to? I was thinking about this question, and it, it is pretty difficult. So I'm yeah. also going to pick two, but yes. I'm going to go seasonally. If it's the warmer seasons, you want to head to the coast, you want to be on the beach, on the water Mm. somewhere, you know, Mm. and once fall hits, uh, you got to head towards the New Hampshire border, hit up those mountains, beautiful foliage. You got to check it out, do some hiking. That's what I think. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both. That is, that is like a legit hard question. That's hopefully the hardest question we'll get of this entire (laughs) podcast. So I guess we'll start and I'll, I'll let whoever feels like they're most comfortable answering it, answer it. What is a green team? So what is a green team? It can be different things to different people, different businesses. I think everyone's going to have their own definition of what a green team is. 
Mm-hmm. And there's some other businesses that have different color teams, a blue team, um, mm-hmm. you know, does the same type of thing, just a different name. But essentially it's, it's, uh, for us, it's a group of passionate people, um, that care about specific, uh, environmental causes, I would say mm-hmm. specific things that might affect the brewery environmental concerns for the brewing industry sure but it's also kind of an idea factory i would call it for people that have you know thoughts about how we could be doing things better thoughts about how we could be doing things in our community and just general like hey this would be cool to try why don't we try it so i think for the most part for us we get as many passionate people together as possible to come up with ideas and to decide what we want to learn about, uh, mm-hmm. what we want to, you know, try and make better, what we want to do better as a company and in our community. I love it. How many people are on our green team right now? Do you know? Ooh, I should know this. Uh, it's always <laughs> like a new 12. captain. She should know. It's her fault. Right. <laughs> I should know. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> while, um, while you're looking it up, while you're thinking about it, actually, that's, I feel like that's an important piece of information. So Tom has led our green team for the past, like, what, four years? Somewhere around there. I inherited it from Luke Truman, who is yeah. still officially, unofficially uh, on the green team. Mm-hmm. As our facilities manager, he interacts with it quite a bit. Yeah, totally. And then Zoe has recently <laughs> taken up the mantle as leader of the green team. Yes, I have. Yeah, I've been in the tasting room for over four years, but just recently took on the role of the sustainability coordinator. So I'll be taking it over. I'm super yeah. excited. It's it's very exciting. So I just looked it up and I, I believe we have about 10 people. And nice. it, it I think from talking to Tom, it kind of fluctuates. It's been like eight people, 10 people, mm-hmm. and it does rotate the members on uh, in the team. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, as people are rotated out, we're still going to keep them on our email thread, um, which I don't think Tom mentioned, but we are always bouncing ideas off of each other all the time. As Brett, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's totally right, where it's like it is just kind of a way for us to if we see something cool in the newspaper, I'll, I'll full disclosure, I'm also on the green team. Uh, so I've been on the green team for like four years. But the idea is that if you see something out there like an article that's inspiring or maybe not so inspiring or whatever it might be. I think it's, it's a team that, you know, is full of interested people who want to help the brewery be more sustainable uh, in all the things we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think the goal has always been to have at least one person from each department yeah. um, just to really spread out the knowledge. And it was always important to me for an employee to know who to ask if they have a green related question. And if you have a person in your department that you work with and see every day, and you can go ask them your question. And if they don't know, they can, you know, reach out and they know who to reach out to. But it does fluctuate a little bit depending on how busy we are and who can make it, you know, uh, month to month and stuff like that. But, Hmm. and it can be different because we've always tried to have a salesperson on the green team and, you know, they're all over the country. So a lot of time it's Hmm. remote calling in and stuff like that. And, you know, that used to be a weird thing to do before COVID hit, you know, doing any type of remote call-in was just always kind of, how do we handle this? How does this work? (laughs) Yeah, like just as an additional point on that too, it just has been so helpful in bringing different buy-in from across the company as well, where like if it was every, everyone was located on one team, you know, of course you'd get fewer ideas, but you'd also have less buy-in about 
the holistic, how do you make this thing happen? How do you communicate it? Like whatever the, the goal that we pick is uh, as green team. Yeah, that's a really good point. I also think it's, it, and it's like the additional perspectives Yeah. in my department, you know, I'm going to have this issue over here that Brett in marketing, you're not going to be able to see. So um, having people from all across the company is really impactful. And that's actually, I think really how we get so many projects done. Totally. So I feel like that's a good segue into kind of this second uh, question of just, yeah, how do we think about sustainability at Allagash? What's our, what's our kind of approach to it? So sustainability has always been a big part of Allagash. Um, this is something Rob's always talked about since day one in 1995 when we got started. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's something personally that when I was looking at Allagash as an employer that I was like, wow, they do all these really great things for the environment. They're really involved. Um, it seems to be very, str- like sustainability is a very prominent piece of their culture. Totally. Um, and having worked at Allagash for over four years, I can definitely say that that's true. Um, and really that does start with leadership. Mm-hmm. If you know your leadership is not going to be, um, <laughs> you know, focus on sustainability, then it's gonna be kind of difficult to make th- some things happen. So we're really lucky um, for that, but it is, really embedded in our culture. Hmm. I think we're very thoughtful about it um, and how we think about sustainability every day. It's one of our, it's in our core values. Um, You know, caring for the environment is something that we think about each day we're here. Um, So we're constantly looking for ways to improve our processes throughout every department at Allagash and kind of, again, going back to the green team, we have a group of people who, you know, passionate and focus on this. And it's not, that's not limited to these people. That's, you know, this passion is throughout the entire company. And mm-hmm. even if people are not on the green team, people have sustainability and the environment on their, on their brains pretty much all the time. We're getting ideas um, from everyone. So it's really amazing. And in uh, 2019, we became a certified B Corp as well, nice. which was really a, um, you know, a commitment that we're going to hold our community our employees and the environment uh, as equally important to the production of our beer. So uh, it's kind of through and through. It's in every aspect of the work that we do. You know, it's always been sustainability. It's always been something we have thought about or Rob has thought about, but now it is actually a department for our company. We have slowly building, hopefully a sustainability uh, department. So Zoe is our first person, um, but, yeah. you know, hopefully over the years that will grow and grow as we continue to grow. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And I think like a caveat that I'd like to add to kind of all this is just like the, the reality that brewing is a pretty resource intensive process. Like it's like, you know, it takes a lot of water, it takes grain, it takes the materials that we're packaging with and everything like that. And I think like the key for us is just how do we minimize all of that? How do we minimize that impact? How do we, and, and in addition to that, it's the you know, the whole philanthropic aspect of it, of like donating to people who are, you know, or NGOs or, or nonprofits or whoever, who are working to keep our water source clean and, you know, various other things. But I think that it's just worth noting that like, you know, brewing is it like the, per- it, it's, it just takes a lot of resources, you know? Yeah, and this absolutely. Is how it works. Um, it but how it works, yeah. speaking of resources, one of those is water and brewing takes a fair amount of water. So I guess like, we have a, a certain, I guess, a way that we think about trying to use as little water as possible per gallon of beer that we brew. So I don't know if anyone, if either of you want to talk a little bit more about kind of like how we think about that. 
So yeah, water usage, um, Brett, you already mentioned it. Beer is very resource intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the beer that you drink, every beer is 85, 95% water. So the water uh, is extremely important. Um, good water is really important to have. We're really fortunate with our water source. We have Sebago Lake, which is some of the cleanest water in the country. Mm-hmm. So um, we have really delicious beer because of it. Um, so it's a resource that we want to you know, use responsibly and also take care of and protect it in the best way that we can. Mm. And also kind of going back to, I think you might've mentioned it, Brett, just like how many, how much water we're using. Mm. The industry average is around seven gallons of water per gallon of beer produced. So we've managed to cut that down to about 3.1 gallons of water per gallon of beer. That is a huge cut. And we do that in many, many different ways, you know, by having equipment that's really efficient, Mm -hmm. by having, um, you know, employees trained on ways to use the minimum amount of water while they're cleaning um, the equipment. Lots and lots of ways they can cut down on water. Um, But again, going back to our water, (laughs) making sure we want to actually protect the water Mm -hmm. and Sebago Lake. So we donate 10 cents of every barrel produced to Sebago Clean Waters, which is kind of a group of nine different organizations that's actually working to protect the watershed there. Um, So that's something that we're really passionate about. Just since, uh, or in 2021, we were able to donate over $10,000. So that's pretty huge. It's, you know, it's cool to think too, like as we grow, we're just going to continue to be, um, you know, putting this money right back into Sebago Clean Waters and hopefully um, protecting that really important resource. As we continue to grow, we're going to be using more water, so Mm -hmm. we need to protect all that water. But, uh, you know, one thing that just popped into my head, have we ever calculated out how many gallons of water we use in the break room to make coffee? Because I feel like we consume a lot of coffee. (laughs) I just added to that amount just today. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, very true, Tom. We got to calculate it, Tom. Somebody's got to weigh that out. (laughs) <laughs> two barrels per employee <laughs> per year <laughs> that it, it actually brings up something that i was thinking about from before too of just like thinking of our green team just the amount of people so we have about like 140 something people at the brewery right now and that's about so about 10 people on the green team like that's it feels like a pretty good ratio like it's a little under 10 percent, mm-hmm. but it's like you have a good representation from the company so we were, we were always one of the larger teams too, you know, compared right. to, you know, Perks and Rec in, in pilot team or something like that. We were always one of the larger groups. Totally. Mm-hmm. Are there any specific things you're like, oh, green team, we help move that forward or what, what, uh, yeah, what would you point at? The first thing that kind of comes to mind is there was one specific conversation that became kind of a catalyst for a lot of what we're doing now. And mm-hmm. Uh, we had a uh, green team member that asked why we don't recycle our pack techs. And, you know, at the time I was like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> no idea, yeah. no answer for you. Let me do some research. No one on the East Coast, no one in Maine was recycling pack techs. Sorry, as an aside, pack techs are a the carrier that is how you carry the like the four pack of cans, the plastic sort of like thing you snap on top of the cans. Sorry, Tom. Tactics are made from recycled materials already. And when we get them, we want to continue the recycling process. Um, I have heard from some breweries that if you are manually putting your four packs together, they will reuse them. We at our brewery do not do that because we use machinery to 
feed the Pactex into the line and it might cause issues. It might cause, uh, you know, having to stop the whole line if something gets hung up. Also, if one of those Pactex is broken and not considered good use, um, you know, somebody could drop their beer, which would be a tragedy. So we don't want that to happen. Um, so it's, it's just easier for us to um, set those aside and make sure that we get them to the right place to be recycled. We reached out to them and they were very excited to partner with us and for us to become a partner um, for other breweries to take those back. And that kind of opened the floodgates of what else can we side stream? And right. we started looking at absolutely everything, you know, from grain bags, uh, shrink wrap, you know, we, we uh, recycle the cardboard tubes that come in the middle of the shrink wrap. We recycle uh, electronics. Now we do batteries and light bulbs and, you know, any type of metal we separate out, we do uh, corks, uh, cages, caps, anything that we produce, we have tried to figure out a way to recycle it or get it somewhere um, for someone else to recycle it. Um, I think just going back to that one conversation where it was like, why don't we do this? And then just thinking about and having kind of, it was like putting on a new pair of glasses and you all of a sudden have clarity and you're like looking at all the other things that we could also be recycling. So I think as far as projects go, that was absolutely the biggest one, figuring out what we can recycle, where can we recycle it? And we're still chipping away at it. We're still trying to figure out, you know, what do we do with this? Can we separate this material out? Like, how, how does all this work? Where is it going? That's awesome. I feel like if, if I could put a picture of that bay of bins that we have going now, <laughs> like it's kind of, in, it's amazing of just all the different, I, can anyone explain that bay of bins? <laughs> yeah, I can explain it. <laughs> I've had a lot of experience with it. Um, so we essentially have what looks really uh, overwhelming. It's really not. It's a great system that we have. Um, it is a bunch of Slim Jims, um, if you're familiar with those, or basically just kind of like skinny looks like trash bins, yeah. containers uh, that are all labeled and lined up next to each other. Um, and that's where we organize everything. So it's a very simple system. We just collect the materials, such as some of those um, PacTech carriers or bottle caps, throw them into the specific designated bin. And then once those are super full, we send them over to the warehouse and then they get taken care of over there. Um, and dumped into bigger bins. So uh, it is um, really a simple process, but it's helped us so much uh, in side streaming all of this, you know, waste that's get that's getting produced. It just like it just made me think of you know like I at my house now like have a little like basket of stuff that where I I put all the things I know I'm going to be able to recycle mm -hmm. at the brewery. <laughs> so I just have like just red like you know corks and cages and pack techs and like shrink wrap and like all this random stuff that I bring in once a month or whatever is thrown all the separate yeah. places. We've had salespeople, you know, when they would come to oh, town yeah. for a meeting, they're like, here's a bag of recycling. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, I'll, <laughs> this is a year's worth of corks. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It works well. Yeah. Brett, I can relate with that. I just have a bag full of what looks like trash. Like anyone coming over, I'm like, I promise I'm not hoarding trash. Yeah. I'm bringing it to the brewery to get it recycled. I find myself doing that at like other people's houses too. Like my, my parents-in-law, I'll like leave their house with trash. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I can get mm -hmm. this stuff. I got, I got this. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but it's good. It, it side streams it out actually. So nice little segue. How have we kind of then turned that into something that was a little bit more public facing like that, that, you know, people visiting our tasting room could then take advantage of. Yeah. Um, so it did kind of all fit into this beautiful little, I don't know. It just worked out so well to we're doing this behind the scenes. Let's bring it to the public. Sure. Um, so in the tasting room, we offer this program, um, totally free to sign up. You don't even have to sign up if you don't want to, mm. um, where guests, anyone that's visiting the brewery can bring those materials to us. So we're accepting pack techs, bottle caps, cages, um, natural corks. So those are going to be the ones that are not plastic. Um, and then we also accept shipping materials. So that would be brown packing paper, bubble wrap. Um, so we can send it over to Tom so we can uh, reuse that stuff over at the warehouse when he's shipping out orders from our online store. Um, so we essentially just let guests bring that in and um, we'll sort it for them, recycle it for them. And then each time they have a drop off, um, they get what's a punch. We basically have like a coffee house punch card system. So they get a punch on their card and on their six punch, they get a $10 gift card to the tasting room. So it's a super simple really low stakes um, kind of program we have going on, easy for us, easy for guests, but it's really taken off. We started this back in 2020 during the pandemic. So it's still mm. relatively new, but we've had over a hundred people sign up and we have wow. people um, bring in just massive amounts of side streaming materials. Like you said, Brett, just yeah. people like it appears that they're hoarding and hoarding for a year and they bring it into <laughs> us. Um, so there's some days where you walk in there and there's like five giant boxes full of materials, but it's super amazing. And people are really, really happy that they have a place to bring these materials that they can't recycle in their blue bin at their house. Another segue, cause I am just apparently a huge fan of segues. I just love little segueing <laughs> things into things. Uh, can you, Tell me, so we have our, our consumer-facing recycling sort of program. Can you tell me a little bit more about our recycling co-op, which is facing slightly differently? The, um, you know, the recycling co-op right now hmm. seems to be a pretty smooth process. But when we first started tossing around the idea, it was, it was difficult. It was yeah. confusing for us, and there was a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah. Fortunately, we were not the first brewery to think about this. Right. There are other people out there that had already started doing it. So we were able to you know, kind of um, piece together what other people had already been doing and make it work for our area. Hmm. Um, essentially, when you have a material, the more of that material you have, the more value it holds to a recycler. Hmm. If you have one pack tech, the recycler's like, I don't want that. But if you have a trailer full of pack techs, then they can actually do something with that. Hmm. Um, same goes for, you know, cardboard or metal, that sort of thing. So whatever we can collect a large volume of like materials is beneficial for the recycling center. And it is more apt to get recycled as opposed to, you know, incinerated. The co-op is built uh, with a group of other breweries, there's, um, you know, there's some uh, package stores or grocery stores that are collecting pack techs from when they break apart packs, um, you know, recycling corks and that sort of thing. Pretty much anybody that is creating these types of materials 
um, that we are already side streaming. <clears throat> we will take those in and recycle them. Um, we work with Revision Energy that does solar panels, and we get some plastic pieces from them that I think are spacers from the solar panels or some sort of high-tech thingamabobber. Um, but it's a similar type plastic to what we're already recycling. So we'll take those in. Um, so right now it's kind of a motley crew of, uh, businesses and companies that are just looking to do the right thing. And as it is right now, every Friday we have it set up that you can come cruise on by and usually Bob and Oli are there and listening to heavy metal and putting stuff in the baler and driving around on fork trucks. So it's pretty fun. So it's just what they're doing. They're just throwing random things in the baler, just just peeling out in fork trucks. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what the baler's for, is to crush random things, right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> we have a YouTube channel for that. <laughs> we, we might podcast. eventually. Who knows? Yeah, right. The second, the baler podcast. Um, so, like, I guess you kind of went through all the things that we're taking in that. But I guess, so it's like pack text, cardboard, grain bag, shrink wrap, um, is are those the, the the highest volume things that we're getting from other breweries or people who are taking advantage of it? I would say definitely at the warehouse, the the higher volume things are uh, grain bags is a huge one, mm. and uh, shrink wrap. Whenever you get pallets in off of a, a a truck, you know, right off the trailer, it's always shrink wrapped. Um, mm. And we we get a fair amount when we get kegs in, so we need to recycle that as well. But grain bags is a big one. Um, we wish that they could be reused and mm. blue ox malt house actually is doing some trial on reusing super sacks. Um, it's just a matter of making sure that they're cleaned thoroughly. Right. Um, and also, you know, we hang those and you don't want it to rip and fall over and dump a bunch of grain on top of somebody. So that wouldn't be fun at all. Mm. That's a big, um, that's a big bag. Yeah. Very heavy. Mm-hmm. We're really lucky that the warehouse has the space um, and has the people over there who can, you know, take all this stuff in and, um, keep it there while we don't have the room at the brewery. So, yeah. And actually Tom, could you like, just what, what are the other breweries who are taking advantage of it right now? I just kind of want to give them, give them a shout out for um, taking the extra effort to, to bring that stuff over. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, Maine Beer Co's always been a, a pretty good partner with this. They mm-hmm. have been there since day one, dropping off um cardboard a lot of cardboard and uh grain bags um oxbow has been a good friend of the uh the group and you know revision energy like i said um bow street market i know there's another oh rosemont foods would bring Mm -hmm. pack text by so it's kind of a a a larger ish breweries and smaller ish you know market type stores that are Mm. dropping stuff off bissell brothers mass landing Nice. Definitive, our, our friends across the street as well, I believe, right. um, are participating, which is they, awesome. So that's Definitive, Austin Street, Battery Steel, oh, awesome. Foundation. Got everyone. They're all everyone. here. Everybody. If that's it's awesome. a brewery in Maine, we take it. We did have a few people in New Hampshire reach out to us because they were looking to start a PacTech recycling program. Mm. And when they contacted PacTech, they're like, the closest place is Algash in Portland. So they were trying to figure out how they could get Pactex up to us. Um, you know, I, I talked to them about maybe there's a bunch of people in your area that want to help consolidate and you could get fill a U-Haul or something and drive them up. But 
what actually happened that was more beneficial was for them to contact a local recycler and for them to start consolidating as opposed to using the fuel to drive it up to us just to send it somewhere else. So I feel like I learn stuff every time, you know, I talk to anybody on this podcast. It's exciting because there's just so much stuff going on. How much did we bulk recycle through that packaging co-op in 2021, Tom? I'm going to just take a stab in the dark and say mm. 70 tons of recycling went through the co-op in 2021. Nice. I stabbed at this piece of paper that you you <laughs> sent to me. I sent everyone questions. They got to fill in the answers. I pro- provided some numbers to help jog people's memory because there's a lot of numbers out there, especially when it comes to this uh, sustainability for sure. Um, I would say that the two biggest uh, materials were definitely uh, cardboard, pack hmm. tech, and then followed right behind with uh, shrink wrap grain bags those are the ones that we go through the most and we collect the most of cool yeah we um we were able to after a lot of back and forth with the state of maine we finally uh were able to receive a grant to invest in our co-op um the grant was based on folks that were trying to improve recycling in their community Mm -hmm. so we were able to secure some funds to purchase a couple more balers we are going to retire one of our balers, which I actually believe is not necessarily going to be retired. It's just moving to a different brewery that might mm. be able to use it. Um, but we were able to uh, purchase a scale so that we can weigh all of our bales when they go out the door. So when Brett asks how many pounds of pack text we recycled, <laughs> I don't have to get out my you know abacus my slide ruler and try and figure that out uh you know weighing single pack techs and figuring out the dimensions of a cardboard bin is not fun Um, i'm sorry so (laughs) but thank you for that number because it allowed us to say we recycled x number of techs gotta spread that information (laughs) we we were able to get a scale so you know we can weigh everything uh bob was at the warehouse the other day weighing empty bins and pallets and stuff so we can get the tear weight on all of that that's great. So we can be as accurate as possible. Um, Bob also set up a form. So when a brewery drops off, we can weigh what they dropped off and account for it and add it to that form and share it back to that brewery so they can see exactly how much they're recycling through this program. So they can get numbers as well because everyone likes to learn about facts and numbers. So, so Tom mentioned Luke Truman, who's on our facilities team, and he's been kind of one of the big leaders of sustainability at the brewery kind of since as long as I've been here. And I think honestly, since as long as he's been here, he's on like every sustainability oriented panel in Portland and possibly Maine. Luke kind of brought this idea of when we were talking about the green team, like, how do you start a green team? What's what's a great way to kind of get you going? He said, set, you know, attainable goals, set kind of these these goals that you can get to. So I guess what is next for our green team slash brewery. What are these kind of goals that we're looking at? You know, I think it's interesting because I, I just came into my new position mm-hmm. and we're kind of in like, I'm in this kind of transition period. Um, yeah. And I think we kind of are as a company, um, fo- you know, around sustainability. But um, I think one big focus right now, and I think it's something that we've kind of been working on the green team for a little while mm-hmm. um, is, really employee engagement um, Hmm. are going to be some big goals for us. So really specifically, I think the one that 
we've had on the green team um, is staff trainings and just education in general. Cool. So like literally doing <laughs> departmental waste management training. You know, I, in the tasting room, for example, we're sorting waste all day long and mm-hmm. that takes, you know, time to educate staff members on what goes where and why does it go there? I think, you know, even providing context to people is really, really helpful um, so that they can, you know, take that knowledge and, and bring it home and, um, you know, spread the word. Uh, so I think, so those are gonna be some of the big things we're gonna be focusing on as we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, educating employees, creating trainings for existing employees, and then also creating sustainability orientations for new hires and um, orientations that will do, you know, maybe twice a year for staff. Um, So that's kind of a big project um, in itself, and it's going to involve a lot of people um, throughout, you know, every department. But it's going to be, I think, a huge benefit to us all. And hopefully we'll see some results in, um, you know, in the waste that we're creating and hopefully creating less of it. I mean, that's that's a great call, because I feel like one of the most asked questions that I ever got as a member of the green team is like, can I recycle this? And unfortunately, the answer is almost never simple. It's like, is it bigger than the palm of your hand? Like, it's just like these ludicrous but also necessary things that we have to think about to to make sure things actually get recycled and aren't just, you know, getting thrown away eventually. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's kind of explaining to people like it really is not that simple. And I know that. And I know I don't expect people to know that. And no one expects you to know everything right. because the amount of times where, like you said, Brett, where I'm asked is this recyclable? Half the time, I'm like, I have no idea. Like, what the heck is this thing? You know, <laughs> it takes time. It takes energy. Um, and I think uh, as the green team members, we're here to try and hopefully make it easier for everyone. It's by no means an easy task for anybody, unfortunately. You know, I wish recycling and we all wish recycling was pretty straightforward, but there's lots of things that you really need to know in order to make it the most efficient that it, it can be. But totally. even then, it's it's still it's still difficult. I would say um, the importance of training and retraining around this is, is I might have an answer for you today and then tomorrow I have a different answer for you because we're now side streaming yeah. that or, oh, that's, nope, they're not taking that anymore or that's trash, you know. So things change very rapidly in, you know, the brewing industry and in the recycling industry. So yeah. being able to come up with a training program that is e- easily pivoted to here's the updated information not much has changed we added a bin we took a bin away that sort of thing i think it's it's going to be a lifelong project mm-hmm. what tom or zoe or both are are some little some tips not even necessarily little what are any tips that you would give to help you know any sort of a company try to start to move more into a sustainability mindset or to become a little bit more sustainable I would say the number one thing is to start any type of group or team. It doesn't matter what you call it. It doesn't matter how many people are on it. it could be two people. Um, just getting people together that can focus on task at hand. They can figure out yeah. what they want to do. They can figure out what their capabilities are, their strengths, their weaknesses, and they can team up together to you know, accomplish what needs to be done. I think 
having people that can work together that are both passionate or as many people that you can get that are passionate about a cause is always going to be better than that one person that's like, you know, I really wish we were doing this and they're just talking to themselves. So that'd be, that'd be my tip is pick a color and a team name, just throw it together, (laughs) go for it. Like I always look forward to the green team meetings and I think it's, you know, sometimes we have a task in mind and we totally don't get it done because we all have other jobs to do and uh, we just don't get it done. But having that meeting each month and having time to look forward to like getting pumped up and being able to talk to other people about things that you're passionate about. And even maybe just having a space to be like, hey, I'm super stressed out about the state of the world. (laughs) That's okay, too. And it's nice to have people who feel those same things as well. So I see, yeah, see, starting a green team, remembering that, um, yeah, celebrate your little wins. Because, yeah, we all kind of want to install solar arrays and buy all these carbon offsets. But it's, you know, sometimes looking at all those little things, like maybe swapping out your incandescents for LEDs or... um, doing a waste audit, another free thing, you know, just checking out like, what are you creating in your company? You know, maybe taking the waste bin out from underneath your desks and having a um, community like recycling and compost station in your office. Another very small thing, but you would actually be surprised that you're going to be, you know, removing a lot of things from the landfill and probably recycling and composting more. Um, And then I think maybe too, like one of the last things is purchase locally when you can. Um, You know, maybe if you, have the capacity in your business to create a little local purchasing policy um, to refer to when you need to go buy some paper or pens. I don't really know what you're buying, but (laughs) um, those are all just some like hopefully little things, but I think it's just kind of going back to the, why, what do you, what do you care about? Um, You know, taking little steps every day to stay positive, keep on pushing forward and yeah, go environment. (laughs) going going back to the going back to the local thing zoe do you want to talk about the go-go refill i think that's pretty exciting the bulk soaps and stuff yeah yeah absolutely let's see yeah so i guess another green team project that we're kind of working on um is partnering up with a local zero waste company um it's woman owned it's called go-go refill they're located 20 minutes from allagash it's a super rad company that offers um, refillable items to the public. So what we're going to do, and when I see refill, I mean like your shampoo, conditioners, cleaning products. Um, they have zero waste, plastic free dog toys, kitchen supplies, like everything you can imagine they have. So, um, they're going to be coming to the tasting room a couple times a month, starting in April to kick off earth month. So that's going to be a really exciting, um, kind of project we have going on to promote, you know, using less plastic, buying locally, um, and just being more mindful about what you're purchasing um, and just like what you're using in your home. So that's a really exciting project. We're pumped about as well. And we started getting their soap even for the break room uh, and for the bathrooms. So we're purchasing bulk from them as well. And I think one of the cool things about their company is you can bring your own container And I like when they post online, they're like, look at this wacky person with their wacky container. And I love it, you know? So I'm telling you, I'm thinking ketchup bottles for shampoo is the (laughs) the way to go in the future. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, that was awesome. Thank you both. Uh, I feel like we hit on so many different topics. I appreciate the time you took to chat about it. Thank you. 
I'm super pumped to be here. This is awesome. Thank you so much. This has been an Allagash Brewing production. And if you have something you want us to talk about on the show, shoot us a message at podcast at Thank you, as always, for listening.